Hey guys, it's Tim Gillette, and we're back with another episode of Tim Gillette Show. I'm Tim Gillette, your host, all right? And guess what? I've got uh, some more people in this like series of 100 interviews in 30 days. First of all, a lot of you are asking right now, going, Tim, can I, can I be on the show? So there is a way for you to apply if you're interested, all right? And we're, we're, we've got a few slots left, I think only about 18 left, all right? And it's you go to timgillette.com backslash podcast interview. Go there now, all right? And you know I mean, if you're here in this series, you can do that. Uh, but during the regular time when we're not doing this series, there that is the place where you go to apply to be on our show. It's timgillette.com backslash podcast interview. So I'm Tim Gillette. I'm your host. And today I'm going to have a little bit of fun because I kind of know our guest, but I really don't know our guest. So it's one of those unique situations where I actually get to create content we're getting while getting to know people on air. So Erica is uh, I like we've met through my buddy Craig Dosfalt, which you all heard me say his name at least uh, two thousand times. Craig pays me a royalty for every time I say his name. Right, I'm keeping the check rolling there, Craig. Remember that. Um, anyway, Erica uh, is uh, someone I met through Craig Dosfalt, and uh, she reached out to me, and I'm like, I want I I want to hear this story. So let's bring her on. Let's find out who she are is our all those things. You know, I'm not proper in my English. <laughs> Hi, Erica. Hey, good morning, Tim. How's it going? Hey, it's it's cloudy here in Dallas. And I, I you know, I get cold with cloudy. I, I think that that sunny California thing I want, can you ship it my way? <laughs> well, I'd like to, it's a little overcast right now though, but no thanks because that's why I'm here is I love the sun as well. So, um, but yeah, it's a little cloudy right now too. So Erica, all right. Um, you know, we know each other through Craig, but really, I don't really know you. All right. This is like my chance to really get to know you. All right. I know. So uh, what, first of all, let's tell about, tell about your business. All right. Let's start there. Okay. So um, my business, basically I am, I'm a business coach that um, helps people get out of their own way. So, mm -hmm. which is really great because as entrepreneurs, you know, there are a lot of things that that people need to get started, or they're just not quite sure how to navigate through. You know, mm -hmm. I have a lot of clients who are either brand new and trying to figure their their way, and then I've got clients who are existing that just have too much business, or they're not quite sure how to figure it all out. So, mm -hmm. you know, I help them with their systems and and that sort of thing, and just really have a lot of fun with it as well. And obviously, uh, make a lot of money. So I do that through one-on-one um, -on -one coaching and through events and through webinars. Um, you know, I wrote uh, a book taught really like breaking it all down, talking to them about it. So um, that's about it. I mean, but it's busy. And right now, especially being online with everything with a pandemic, I'm busier than ever. I can't even like keep up with it. So it's a nice problem to have. I, I know. It's like there's a lot of people going like, man, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like us people who've used to be, you know I mean? Us coaches, we've had to market ourselves our whole lives, it seems. And now more than ever, we market ourselves and now we have more work coming to us. Yeah, so true. Yeah. It's really it, great. It, yeah. Uh, and I find it fascinating and I also like I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, all right. And I noticed you're going to pitch Craig Dustwalt's Rock Your Ooh. Life stuff, Craig. Okay. Craig, I'm adding that to your bill, Craig. Uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> My favorite mug. And I was thought about it this morning when I grabbed it. I was like, yeah. oh, this is going to be, this is going to be an attention getter for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Sooner or later, I'm going to create the blog and video con mugs or the Simple Easy Marketing mugs so people can do the same thing. But, you know. Yeah. Let's face it, my marketing coach taught me that anyway. 
We won't say who he is. Yeah. His bill's too expensive. He's going to pay the bill. I was just going to say, he's never going to be able to afford to pay it. <laughs> it's great. So I assume though, Erica, you weren't always a business coach. I assume there was a journey to get here. I want to talk about the journey. For sure. Yeah. So let's go back. All right. First of all, you know, where did you grow up in California? Mm. Tell us some things about where you came from. Okay. So um, I have a really diverse background, but um, I started out, I grew up in a little itty bitty town, Mayberry, um, very similar to Mayberry in New Hampshire. And so um, I came out here when uh, in my, when I graduated college, because I just uh, felt like I really needed to do something bigger. So I moved to the Bay Area and when I was living in the Bay Area, I, you know, worked for some law firms and kind of navigated through that, figured out that um, I really wanted to do something that was more interactive with people. So I went to work for a rec an international recruiting firm, I'm huge. It was a it's a behemoth in the industry and started working there and became number one salesperson in the world. I was there for a number of years and out of thousands and thousands of salespeople, I was number one in the world. And a lot of it was just really connecting with the clients and really understanding and, you know, being really transparent, which is a lot of the stuff that I brought to what I do now. So, um, yeah, and I met a lot of really cool people. I was there for the dot com. So it was pretty crazy there when all these, you know, IPOs are happening and all these companies are opening up. And I have a really cool story. You want to hear it? Uh, of course. I think we okay. should share your stories. Yeah. Okay. After all, so, this show is about you, not me. Well, okay then. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you about my story then. So basically, um, there was this one time, one of the big things that that helped me propel to number one in the world is that I took every single phone call and I was really, really consistent all the time. And so, and I think it's really important to do that if you want to be the best at what you do. And so um, I took every phone call, even though we'd get a lot of calls that were just, you know, kind of lame that, you know, we're just kind of feelers and that kind of thing. But I still would never hesitate. I always took every call. So there's this one Thursday afternoon and it was about 545. We worked long hours. Um, we, uh, we worked really long hours. It was like almost six o'clock. A call came in and um, the receptionist called back. She's like, hey, this guy's on the phone and, you know, somebody needs to take it. So I grabbed it. Nobody else wanted to because everybody wanted to get out of there. I grabbed the call. And this guy named Larry, he's like, hey, so I I just need to order. I was a recruiter, remember? So he's like, I need to order 10 people to do data entry. So it was, an, it was a brand new company. And I'm like, okay. So hustled, got the 10 people there um, that night. I asked a lot of my coworkers if they had people that could could fill it because it was what it was about. It was about collaborating and, and working together. They were all like, nope, nope, I'm going home. So I was there until almost midnight filled it, found the 10 people. So they got there the next morning. And then he called again that day. And he's like, hey, Erica, these people are awesome. I need 10 more for Monday. And then I was starting to panic because it was at the time, it was impossible to find people um, at, you know, in that area because the, the market was just so incredible with all the, um, with the employers. They were just hiring everybody. Zero unemployment at all. But anyway, so I ended up still filling that. And the whole big thing about it was that when he called, he's like, look, I hope these people are okay because they're going to be working in literally a garage, which was not a big deal back then because, you know, it was a dot com. 
So all these businesses were really opening up in their garage. So it was fine. I just had to let them know. So, so at this point on Monday, I had 20 people after working all weekend, I had 20 people out there. We had a meeting and cause it was corporate, so lots and lots of meetings. So we had a meeting and they were talking, you know, we were all talking about the different companies that, that we had kind of, um, you know, started working with. And also the big thing was how viable they were, because at the time there were a lot of, you know, fly by night companies, they were opening up and then they were shutting down, they were opening up and shutting down. So that was one of the biggest questions. So they were like, look, you're tying up 20 of our people and now he wants more people. You know, are you sure that that this company is going to be viable or should we just start pulling our people? Mm-hmm. And um, so I told them, I'm like, well, you know, that's a really great question because I'm not even sure with a name like Google if the company is going to be around that much longer. So <laughs> literally it was Larry Page who called me yeah. and and I staffed his people as they were doing all the data entry um, at the very beginning of Google. So this is a pretty cool story because, you know, not many people can say that they actually talked with a guy who, you know, is literally the biggest company almost in the world. So it's pretty cool. Uh, wow. Um you know, and, and, and you know, you kind of figured. I, I kind of figured it was going to go down the lines of one of the, the companies. Yeah. <laughs> story. And it's interesting. Um, all of us, uh, it, it's kind of like you know, the foundation and the starting of companies like Google, Facebook, you know, Apple. All right, when those people who are around the stories, all right, hearing the stories are so cool to do that. All right, and I, it was interesting to hear. You know, what I mean, the garage. All right. Yeah. How many of you have started a business out of your garage? Um, yeah, I think a lot of us right now are actually starting it or working, you know, in our certainly in our living rooms. And we go on vacation and venture into the dining room right now, you know, mm-hmm. or um, in the garages or whatever. But back then it was, you know, it was just as common, but for different reasons, because mm-hmm. it was just crazy. I mean, the IPOs were just nuts. And mm-hmm. that was the reason that we had to have those meetings all the time, because those companies were just opening up and shutting down. And a lot of times what was happening is they would, they would open up, have their IPO, make a few million dollars, and then they would shut down in a few days. And mm-hmm. cause it was just all, you know, not real. But um, but obviously Google ended up being real. And it was funny because, you know, nobody, everybody was laughing because they're like, yeah, what kind of company would name would name themselves Google? You know, what does that even mean? Of course, you know, it's one of those super brilliant things because they're brilliant people. So they know what the word Google means. But Mm -hmm. it was. uh, But yeah, it was cool. It's a cool story. You know, um, well, we have another friend, you know, Larry Broughton, who who actually was on my show last week. Ugozi or Ugozi, he he pronounces it, and I'm like, why? He's like, because it's a name that no one else doesn't know what it means until they yeah. ask me. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's kind of brilliant. Um, yeah, it is. It's really uh, cool. It's pretty neat. Well, I mean, in that uh, in that uh, idea that you know what I mean, back then it was starting, and you know that was a period of time where like there was a lot of like dot com crashes. All right. People just going out. Do you think that now we're going to hear stories uh, like five years from now of like, you know, companies that were like, oh, yeah, we're about to go. And then this happens right now. And yet they went, we're going to push through. And five years from now, they're going to be the stories and they're going to be telling the stories just like you told about this period in time where they were like, "Okay." Guys, it's going to be another six months of us working without a paycheck before we can get investors. And like, we're going to, we're going to push through. We can do this. Yeah. Do I really you are going to be out there? I hope so. Yeah. You know, I really do. Because I feel like this right now is such an incredible opportunity. 
And, um, you know, not because we're, everybody's just hitting the reset button, you know, mm -hmm. we're just, we're, we're at home and everybody's just kind of regrouping and kind of figuring it out. And online courses are crazy busy right now. And, you know, of course people are trying to keep themselves busy, but I really hope so. I hope that, that that's a great story that, that, you know, and I anticipate it because I think that there's a lot of people out there who, who are starting businesses and who do have the fortitude and the strength to kind of last through, you know, I've got a number of, of clients who are just starting out right now and or who were starting out um, 60 days ago, you know, and then they got hit with this. And so they're just trying to kind of regroup and figure it out. Um, I have one who has so much business right now just from she signed up with me 30 days ago and she was struggling. She didn't even have one client, didn't know what to do. And now I was just on a call with her yesterday and she can't even keep up with all of her, all of the work that she's doing right now and all the business because you know one of the big things that I focus on with people is to really push through with with activity. Don't don't look at the dollars because the dollars are going to come, but you know really just stay true and stay consistent and and push through with whatever it is your your bases and your foundation is that's going to get the business in. Work on that mm -hmm. and. Um, Obviously, the more activity that that you're doing, then the more money you're going to make. Mm -hmm. And uh, now she just can't even keep up. I mean, she's really she's stressed about that, which is a really great problem to have, especially right now when you know people are panicking and not really sure what's going on, and everybody's waiting for their stimulus checks and everything else. You know, so I made cool, a comment right? on another show I was on this morning about uh, about uh, the stimulus checks, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm I said, you know, if last month you were bragging to everybody on social media about how you can help make a million dollars. And this month you're Mark, you're bragging about how you got your stimulus check. <laughs> Did you really make a million dollars? I'm just curious there. Um, so funny you say that. I was thinking the same thing. I was on Facebook yesterday and I'm like, I can't believe that these people are actually saying that, hey, I just got my stimulus check or I followed up. I'm looking for mine too. And I was like, wow, you really shouldn't be bragging or even talking about that right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I mean, my, you know, my my wife and I, you know, literally, when you divide our income, yeah, we we qualified for it, but we're like, you know, what I mean, if you to divide, if you to, the based on how we file everything, we we qualify, mm -hmm. but I never once said I'm a millionaire. Yeah, never once said I make six figures doing this. Never, no, I don't. I, <laughs> I'm not. Well, and that, you know, it's, I'm really happy, actually, Tim, that you brought that up, because I just mentioned that to my husband this morning. I'm like, these people really are saying that, hey, sign up with me and you're going to make this, you know, seven figure income in six months or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now they're posting on there. Hey, you know, has anybody gotten their stimulus check? Because I keep checking and I don't have mine yet. So mm -hmm. I said the same thing to him. I'm like, yeah. you know, they just are completely busted right now. So people need to be careful about what they post, you know, and what they're talking about and what they're promising people for sure. You, you know, know I, no doubt. You know, I, you know, I, I heard this as a rumor, but you know, I mean, you did, but you did this once, but I mean, I, I'm a motorcycle rider for life. Yeah. I mean, I've had a million miles on two wheels. I learned to be aware and listen to everything in my circumstances. Like, you know, because you get on a motorcycle, you got to be aware of everything that's around you. So true. As a business coach, mm -hmm. are you aware of everything that's going on, on around you? Because, you know I mean? You're probably getting clients and you're coming in and you can go, well, first of all, let me talk to you about what you're doing that, that, that you're working against yourself. 
Yeah, that's yeah. And actually, I like to I like to think that I'm completely aware of what's going on around mm -hmm. me and around, you know, certainly in the industry, but also with them as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been doing it for so long now that that all I need to do is talk to somebody for 10 minutes. And I know exactly, you know, um, typically like what they need to do to, like I said, to get out of their own way. And a lot of that really is just that they don't know how to figure out what comes next or how to sit down and and be really detailed and be honest. You know, a lot of times, you know, people will set goals for themselves and they want to figure they want to finish 9,000 things before noon on Tuesday and that's just not going to happen, you know? So, people aren't honest with themselves. And so, I really have a lot of accountability calls and a, a accountability um, issues with people, but I think that's how it is because we all have good intentions and we all want what's best and we all want to believe that we're going to be able to get more done or to accomplish certain things that maybe we're just not equipped to do yet. So, yeah, so I, that's one of the, that's like the biggest thing is people just kind of bump into themselves, you know, and uh, can't figure it out. But yeah, but speaking of motorcycles, I have, started riding motorcycles when I was five. And um, my dad owned a motorcycle shop that's, you know, back in New Hampshire. And um, yeah, I got my motorcycle license when I was in high school. My mom panicked. She just, I couldn't even tell her. My dad thought it was the coolest thing in the world, but um, yeah, it made her crazy. But yeah, I've been riding motorcycles forever. I won't let, I have two daughters, won't let them anywhere near them. Um, but yeah, I've been riding motorcycles, do a lot of crazy stuff. I used to uh, heliboard in Alaska too. So um, I was in my twenties and I just decided I wanted to do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. so, um, well, um, yeah, I, mine, I mean, you go back, I, I don't talk about it any, as much anymore, but you know, I mean, my, and my mom lives close now, very close to my mom, but like mine was at 18 years of age, I said, I'm getting a motorcycle. My mom said, you will not own a motorcycle and live in this house. I moved out of the house and rented a room <laughs> above a bar and bought a motorcycle. <laughs> like, and wait a minute, wait a minute. And this is like in September and October, and I lived in Pennsylvania at the time. Like, you're not gonna ride a motorcycle much in the winter. So I wanted it that bad. I was 18, I was getting it. So Oh, that's great. That's great. Do you still ride? Um, I, we sold uh, you know, uh, both of our motorcycles last 2018, and a 2018 being 2019. Uh, just out of we weren't riding them anymore. 2016, I had my last seizure. Um, and I really um had just bought a brand new bike. And it limited how much I could ride. Yeah. So I'm like, if I want to ride now, I'll just rent a bike. And we okay. just haven't because we've been building our business mm -hmm. and stuff for the last two years. So, yeah, I totally get that. But Texas for sure is a better place to be riding than Pennsylvania. You know? Oh yeah, uh, and 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 in town Texas is not. In town Dallas has gotten bad. You want to get out of town to ride? I'm sure Los Angeles area is same thing. But. Yeah, my, I got my husband into motorcycles, and so he got when he got his license and he was riding. Um, you know, I I had no experience with LA because I had only moved here, and I told him as soon as I was driving, you know, just on the freeway alone, and mm -hmm. I told him I was like, "That's it, you're getting rid of it." So yeah. it's just not worth it. So, so, I, so you live in the LA area now, which you live? Are you live? Uh, are you you live near Craig, or you live near yeah. where Craig used to live? Um, I live near Craig. We okay. are just two exits up from okay. where Craig lives now. So yeah, and we're super close to, um, I mean, it does waltz, you know, we're like um, really super close with them and they're like some of our favorite people. Mm -hmm. um, my oldest daughter's best friends with his son, Ryan. And uh, so they hang out a lot. 
Yeah, and it's I I just I, the event I did last night. Uh, I got Natasha on one of the speakers. That's how close we are. Did you really? I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. so great. Uh, it's, it's you know I, I use everybody. I that's why people are like, well, I don't know if I want to be on your show. You might want to because I get people asking me for speakers that I'm not always the fit, and I want to know who to pitch. You know? I love it. Yeah, Natasha's the best. My daughter actually works for her, and mm. she works for her at the model agency. Cool. And um, but yeah, they're the family. They're our favorite people. They're great. Um, so you know, I mean, you moved down to that area from you were in, said you were in in this San Francisco Bay area. All right, what got you to move from Northern California to Southern California? So yeah, when I when I was working for the the Fortune 500 company, it was kind of like a a weird trip that brought me down here. Mm -hmm. So I was in the Bay Area, like I said, I was there for a number of years, and then they transferred me to the Las Vegas office because Las Vegas's numbers were really low. So what they started to do is realize that that I could help the different offices bring up their numbers if their sales numbers were down. So transferred me to Vegas, which was a really interesting experience because, you know, of course I visited a number of times, but I, I mean, to live there was just something else. So um, I didn't love it. So I was almost like a consultant. I would fly out on the weekends to come visit family and then go back. So I was like opposite of what everybody else was doing back in Puerto Vegas. But I worked there for a while and then they transferred me to San Diego La Jolla and um, loved that area. And I brought their numbers up and then they transferred me up to LA and here I am. So, and that's it. And then my husband and I, I met my husband there also, he was my boss a couple layers up and about 60 days after 9-11, um, I guess it was about 30 days after 9-11, he and I left and opened our own business, which was probably not the smartest thing. I would never let every, I would never suggest that people start opening businesses when the entire country is in a panic about that because um, that was pretty crazy. But we uh, had a massive year that year just doing, you know, exactly what we're doing now and what we tell our clients to do. So that was our first, uh, our first experience with the entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. was right after 9-11. And um, then it just kind of grew from there. We started doing recruit, we were doing our own recruiting. And then from there, it went straight into, um, you know, business consulting, because it just made sense. And so we've been doing it ever since. And, um, you know, and it's grown, and we've been really blessed and fortunate with the with the path and the direction that it's gone. And, um, we, uh, you know, one of the big things, like I said, is we just really love working with with entrepreneurs. That's my thing, because I really I think that anybody who gets out there and has the guts to just, you know, jump in. I think that I think that they deserve uh, as much attention and um, guidance as possible. And I really mean that. I think that because I know what it's like. You know, I know what it's like to just kind of be stuck and not really sure like which direction to go and like being overwhelmed and not not know what to do. So um, it's my favorite thing. I love it. Love it. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. But, you know, what I mean, during this time. All right. You know, what I mean, most people would think, well, I'm going to cut the consulting services out. Uh, I'm going to get rid of the consulting services. This is probably the time to double down on the consulting services. Would you agree or not? 100%. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because just think about it. There are so many, I mean, I'm sure that you're dealing with this too with your clients. I'm sure they're reaching out to you saying, you know, hey, Tim, I'm not even sure what to do right now. Normally, I'm so used to like being in person or, you know, or working with people. And um, now what do I do, you know? 
Um, I mean, one of my, I have a client who owns a restaurant business and he's like, I'm not even sure what to do right now. And so we just kind of like reinvented his whole model and he's making more money than he was when his doors were open to, yeah. to clients and to customers. So it's a great time, you know, it's a great opportunity. And that's, that's what I was saying is that, you know, just if everybody would just kind of sit and take a breath and reset and not panic. The opportunities right now are endless. And I just think that it's uh, we're really blessed to be in this time, actually. You know, as long as we're staying home and not being exposed to anything, I think that it's, uh, yeah, yeah, well, a, good, it's a good time to be here, you know. Uh, so, you know, in this time, all right, if someone comes to you and they want to start or they're a newbie, all right, do you have any precautions at this point in time that you go, okay, let me run down this checklist for you? Do you have anything like that that you do with people who, who are new? Not so. Yeah. yeah. So one of the big things that I always like to remind people um, is that one of the big things that I want them to do is I want them to have a vision because a lot of times people come in and they have like, oh, I want to do these, you know, 9,000 things and this is what I'm going to do. And really what it is, is just kind of backtracking and that they all have to slow down. You know, mm -hmm. everybody is convinced that they have the best product or the best service or the best business and they're going to make, you know, $10 million in the next 60 days. And, you know, everybody just needs to really just kind of slow down a little bit. And that's really what, what I talk to people about. And especially now, because, you know, they do have to reevaluate kind of what their vision is, because even when we come out of this, they're saying that our world's going to be different, you know, and for a long time, there might be the social distancing and there might be, you know, different, different things that we have to be careful of and, and that sort of thing. So I don't want people to start planning as if we're going to go back to normal immediately, but I want them to start getting traction and, and start getting excited and getting, you know, getting business and, and having um, a lot of successes, you know, very fast. So we just kind of reevaluate and kind of, you know, slow them down a little bit. That's the big thing. Now, do you work with your clients? Like I, I work specifically in content creation. Do you work with any of your clients talking about, you know, what they need to be doing marketing wise on social media or, you know, or, so I, or things well, like that. I always suggest that they do that, but then I refer them to people like you. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the big thing is that, you know, um, and obviously going forward, I've got, I was actually thinking about one of them this morning that I want to connect with you. Mm -hmm. And she, I, I just texted her, um, when you and I confirmed this, I just texted her saying, you know what, I think that this is a really good opportunity because she's got like a really cool vision and a cool business and a cool story. And she's just, she says that she's a little bit too shy and too uncomfortable yet to do the podcast, mm -hmm. um, and to actually be talking, but I'm going to push her in this direction for sure, because, um, I know that, I know that you would love her and I know that, you know, you could definitely do wonders for her. So, you know, I don't get into a lot of the nitty gritty like that. I know what they need to do, but mm -hmm. then what I'll do is I'll, I'll, you know, hand them off to people to help them with those different things, you know? Um, because I mean, you have to, I mean, you know, this, you have to, to be really good at what you do, you have to specialize, you know, I mean, you can't be a jack of all trades and be able to get these clients, you know, where they want to be. It's impossible to do that. Yeah. And yeah, when I started out, I, I would have never gotten on this. I mean, I, I, that wasn't me. I, and when I started out, I did a blog. I can't believe that. You're yeah. so comfortable and so good at this. I can't uh, even believe that. That's part of the reason why I got into speaking was because Zig Ziglar looked at me and said, Tim, you, you're just a natural to get up and speak. But I didn't want to do it on like podcasts and I didn't want to do this. 
I got on stages and that was easy for me, but I didn't want to do this online. I was doing blogs because like I, I, I was worried I, I had to get the right microphone. I had the right Exactly what everybody's worrying about right yeah. now. That's what yeah. I worried about. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I look at that and I look at, you know, you said, you know what I mean? I reach out and I find out what they need to do. I remember telling a client who had uh, years ago, this woman had uh, just scared to death to do things. And I literally put her in a, um, in a Toastmasters group. And I said, this is what you need to do. You need to go through Toastmasters. You don't need to worry about building your blog out right now. You need to be able to get rid of your fear of life. Mm -hmm. Toastmasters will help you do that. And it's a lot cheaper than me. <laughs> so true. And it will fix the need you have. <laughs> you know? um, a lot of people benefit and do really well at Toastmasters. Yeah, yeah, they you know? do. A lot of people really talk about it a lot. They mention that quite a bit at the masterminds that, that you know, you and I go to. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I know that there are a lot of successes that people have there for sure. Yeah. And I, over the years, I've met a lot of people who've gone through it, uh, you know, before. I think I get uh, from our mastermind, TK Orgiri is actually big with Toastmasters. And sometime, I think next week or something, she's going to be on the podcast as well. But it is it is a tool. I mean, there are tools out there designed to help you with things. All right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, that's at this point in time, uh, how big is your Rolodex of tools going? OK. Go plug in here. Okay, go do this. Go do this. You know. So true, though. Yeah, it's so true. But that's one of the things that that I think is really great about the community that we're in because mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, what you know, typically if there is something that we need, then we do have those tools. You know, and um, and like I said, I just think that it's impossible. And if people ever want to say, hey, you know what, I can do content creation for you. I can help you with the podcast and the blogging and the marketing. And writing business plans and doing this and doing that and, and you know, um, the sales and creating the activity for you and, and all of that. I just think that that's, those are the people you need to run from because nobody can do everything. You know, yeah. I think that it's important for people to understand the role that, that they can play and the benefits that they can give. But I just feel like um, people just need to realize that if, if, that if somebody's going to overpromise like that, that, that those are the people you need to avoid. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I had someplace I wanted to go with that. <laughs> slipped my mind. I'm not perfect. Um, um, anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. I mean, throughout the years, all right, like before you started this business, even working when you were working in, in a job, did you have a mentor or someone that like maybe said something to you over the years or gave you a line that was like inspired you and made you do things? So it's interesting that you say that I, um, when I was working doing sales and, you know, it was corporate, I mean, it was a hundred percent just corporate structure and mm -hmm. I was young. And so I was kind of naive. I was making a lot of money because especially during that time that I was doing it, that, you know, recruiters, recruiters can make a lot of money. And certainly during that time, I, um, I hadn't even thought really about leaving or doing anything. Um, mm -hmm. But then um, I met my husband and my husband had, he was actually, he's, he's, I like to say that he's quite a bit older than me. You've met him too. He's been at the, the masterminds too, but he, um, he was really the person who, who kind of encouraged and kept saying, you know what, this is, we have, there's more to this. There's something bigger and we both have so much more to give, you know, and when you're at corporate, you're just kind of stuck in this box. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you're limited because, you know, you have your, you have your job description and if you're good at it, 
that's where they're going to keep you. And so, you know, I would definitely say that my husband was, was the biggest push. Mm -hmm. And, um, then of course, you know, throughout the years, we've, we've interacted with a number of different business people and, um, you know, the masterminds are great. I mean, those are just so great to really get involved in with, you know, as far as some guidance and mentorship and kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would definitely probably attribute it to my husband, um, my dad a little bit, but for sure, my husband's the one who really kind of pushed us out of the nest. So, you know, so often I hear, you know what I mean? That it's, um, that it's, you know, it's a family member. And, and and that's why I always like to ask that question to see, but you know, in some cases it's, you know what I mean? I had a boss when I was 14 who said, you know, and it's, it's interesting that everybody, almost everybody who's successful has the one, yeah. there's one, so almost always. Do you find that? And when you talk to your clients that there's always one person like that, they, they quote over and over again, because sure. they, they inspire them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think that, I mean, I know that you bump into that, like you just said, yeah. but yeah, a hundred percent. And most of the time it is their family. Most, yeah. of, most of the time it would be their dad or their mom or, you know, sister. Sometimes they're fortunate enough to see, to meet someone on the outside. Like you've mentioned Zig Ziglar that, that, you know, really kind of pushed you and encouraged you. Um, but yeah. Uh, and I think it's important. I think that people really should, uh, if they don't have a mentor and they don't have a go-to person, I think that it's really important for them to to kind of um, designate somebody or or to find somebody who can be encouraging to them. You know, um, I'm sure that now you bump into this as well, Tim, in your in your business and with your clients. You know, I mean, we play we play counselor and therapist a lot. You know, um, I mean, all the time. You know, and. So now, you know, people will call up and they're reaching out, especially now because they're, they've got the stress of being at home with all the family and their, you know, husbands or spouses and their, you know, and their kids. And that can be crazy enough, you know, I mean, to be cooped up in a home for that long and knowing you can't go anywhere can make you crazy anyway. Um, but then people are watching the news too much and then they're, you know, worried about their business and not having money and all these things. So, yeah, so definitely play therapist a lot these days. And and it's important to, you know, to just kind of ground people and but definitely be encouraging. And as a mentor, for sure, you know, um, and now it's so important to remind your your clients and people, you know, that that this isn't permanent, you know, mm-hmm. and that they are going to go in the right direction. You yeah. know, um, cause I think that that's, I think that's really important right now. I think a lot of people kind of miss that. And I think that people need that right now. And, uh, you know, someone actually put a, a question down here in the comments. Uh, mm. can you tell us about 50 quotes? Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So 50 quotes, that was one of the, that's kind of fun. Cause that was, um, the challenge that, um, that Craig Griswold mm-hmm. <laughs> threw out at one of his masterminds. And so he, um, had challenged the people in his audience to put together a quick book and put it up on um, on Amazon. And so in 24 hours, there were a number of us who did it, mm-hmm. but in 24 hours, you know, I put together the book that had 50 quotes by inspirational and remarkable women in business because I um, had just finished writing my book on how to become a superwoman in your industry. So. I had just finished that book. And so I was like, you know, I have already come, I bumped into a lot of these quotes already. So that'll be an easy book to throw together and meet the challenge. So I'm not sure if you remember Tim, but there were a whole lot of people in line up there at 
um, Craig's mastermind on his on his stage. So yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I've never done the quote book, but I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I did do one one time with like you know, uh, I think it was something like my blog post or something like that. Now, if you, you know Maurice Domino, okay, so Maurice used to be in Craig's mastermind, and Maurice did this whole thing one time. Um, he always inspired you too to write a book, write a book, and he kept saying it too. And he, I was on a, a webinar of his one night, and I took like all my blog posts and put it into an ebook, like old blog posts, oh, and made fun. an ebook themed, right? And uh, you know, Maurice asked on the webinar, "So what did you guys get done today?" And I typed in while while listening to your webinar, I wrote a book. <laughs> um, and the first person to do the quote book, create, all right, write, post, publish, become number one best-selling author in yep. 24 hours was Maurice. Really? Yeah. Oh. He was one of the first people that that, that, that did that, uh, and it, it inspired Craig to go. We just need to do this, and now he tells that as in his speech. Yeah. All right, because but Maurice Domino was one of the first people to do it. He did it at Craig's boot camp, literally, come up with the idea, wrote it, published it, and became number one best-selling author in twenty-four hour period. Twenty-four hours. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's you know, and it's fun, it, and it was a challenge. It was fun because when we were there. And we were doing it, you know, I'm in the hotel room that night, just, just kind of putting it together. And my husband's talking to me and I'm like, stop, I need to put these quotes together. And I had never done an ebook before. So I had to kind of navigate that and figure out how to post that on Amazon and all that. But that's really cool that you did your podcast though. What a super interesting book though that was. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the quotes are different because it's like on each page, you've got a quote, but your podcast probably had a little bit more to offer than what I put together for sure. Yeah. I think I think uh, maybe my next book will be uh, the answers to my game question from my authors or something. <laughs> I think that would be great. It'd be super super fun anyway. Sure. <laughs> you know, and yeah. interesting. I'm sure I've heard some of yours, and I've heard some of the games, and I've definitely heard some of the answers, and it does make me laugh out loud. <laughs> so uh, you know, what I mean, we've covered a lot of bases. I mean, covered mentorship that you've had, things like that. The, right now, the biggest thing that I'm, I'm starting to ask a lot of the people who come on the podcast is there are people out there who are listening right now who could eventually become clients of yours, mine, or who are right now or just like stuck. Mm. And they need the answer that you have. What is your, your advice to them? So my advice is to sit back and just really figure out exactly, pinpoint and narrow down exactly what it is that they want to do mm -hmm. and then work backwards from there and figure out exactly how to get there and just take 10 steps, you know, 10 steps that that's going to get you where you want to be and do it in baby steps. You know, mm -hmm. nobody, nobody's going to be a millionaire overnight unless they win the lottery. So uh, I think that, I think that's really important because we all have these big lofty ideas and these huge goals and these huge ideas. But I think it's really important to just sit back and just really break it apart and see, you know, be really honest and realistic with yourself. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's probably the, the number one thing that I tell people even now, new clients when they call me. Mm -hmm. Cool. That is great advice. So, well, Erica, tell me a website where they can get a hold of you uh, for those people who are listening and those people who are watching right now. Okay. So my website is robinandericaon.com and it's spelled, my husband's name's Robin. So it's spelled R-O-B-I-N, the word and, A-N-D, my name, E-R-I-K-A, and the last name on A-H-N.com. I like that simple last name. I mean, you know, it's not like Gillette where people cut it up all the time. 
Oh, that's funny. I like the pun. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. You don't have to explain the humor anyway. I love it. Well, I have to still spell it when I talk to people. People are like Han or, you know, and I'm like, no, start. It's A H N. And they're like, H A N. And I'm like, no, just never mind. It just makes me, for three letters, you would think I'd never have to spell it. It makes me crazy. <laughs> well, you know, I personally want to thank you, Erica, for coming on the show today. Um, but before you go, I have to play a game. It's just like in my DNA that I have to play a game with all of my guests. And I've uh -oh. written out uh -oh. <laughs> about eight or nine different this or that questions to uh -oh. ask you. I learned this from Sammy Hagar. You ever watch Sammy Hagar's Rock and Roll Road Trip? Sammy Hagar is the best. Yeah. And of course, if you go back with um, to Van Halen, the old Van Halen days when yeah. Van Halen picked up Sammy Hagar, it was really good. I mean, it was a smart move, you know? Okay. I, mean, I, I will admit Van Halen did better under Sammy Hagar, but I'm sorry. I'm still a David Lee Roth, David Lee Roth fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, of course, you've got Jump and Panama in there as well. So, Well, no, I loved, I mean, the early stuff. And it's kind of like those people who like Metallica before they came famous. I mean, it's yeah. just, I liked, I liked Van Halen before they became mainstream. Really? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Talk about some talent, though, on that yeah. stage. But just between the brothers, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, Eddie Van Halen is the greatest guitarist that ever lived. Uh, I don't care what you say about Jimi Hendrix. I'm sorry, Eddie's better. <laughs> I think I agree with you there, though. I think that Eddie just kills it. He's amazing, you know. Yeah. And the fact that they survived and and came through everything with they had the addiction problems and everything else, and they came out of it shining. They were brilliant. I watched this. Have you ever watched one of those like you know band shows on like entertainment TV yeah. or whatever? Um, I watched this whole thing about them, and it's they're amazing. You know, so I agree with you. Yeah. No. All right. So here's how my game goes. I'm going to give you two choices. You pick which one you favor. If there becomes some sort of a comment, I may, some I may elaborate on others. <laughs> All right. But some of them I, you know, may just keep going. So anyway, let's start off with my famous first question. And that is Star Wars or Star Trek? Mm, Star Wars. Star 100%. Wars? Oh, yeah. My, yeah. And my oldest daughter, when she was five, she wanted to marry Darth Vader. That's how much of the impact that um, Star that Star Wars has had. And I question her her choice in men, obviously, at the age of five, but um, it has since been uh, improved for sure. But yeah, Star Wars, hundred percent. So you know, I had you know, and I had Terry Harden on the other day, and uh, you know what I mean. We realized you got to start asking with Star Wars. So do you like, um, you know, George Lucas, or do you like the the Disney version of it, Star Wars? You no, know, I'm classic. I got to go with Lucas. Yeah. Lucas, you know? I, I like the classical Lucas too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just old school. Yeah. So um, I remember the first time and you probably do too. The first time that I saw the original star Wars, you know um, I just, I couldn't stop watching it. I had to, I had had my parents bring me back and forth to the theater, you know, forever. And I was really young. So it's the best. All right. The next one here goes into the motorcycles, Harley Davidson or a Honda. Mm. Harley Davidson for sure. Although um, my dad's shop that he owned was a Honda. He had Honda Suzuki's and Yamaha's, but, um, but Harley for sure. I mean, I like the classic. Yeah. What was your first bike? My first bike was a Yamaha FZR 400 mm -hmm. and it was a, it was a sport bike. It was a race bike, but, um, and then I traded up to a Suzuki GSXR, and it was just like the big thing back then. Like the those sport bikes were just really the way to go. Um, I was never heavy enough to sink the seat though, and I have and I'm really short, so I'd yeah. have to plan my stops. 
So that was always part of the problem with those. But Harley, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my mine was like a Yamaha Special 400 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny though. Yeah. So, would you rather read a book or listen to a podcast? Um, great question. Probably listen to a podcast. Mm -hmm. I it, think it's a 50-50 on that one. With my yeah. list, my guests, is some are liking now they want to read a book, and some would rather listen to the book. Yeah, I know. I I feel like up until we all had to slow down and be home. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, easily jump on and say audio because we're in the car so much, you know, and especially in LA, we have traffic all the time. And I felt like I never had time to read. Now that I'm home, you know, I kind of feel like I like to just pick up the actual book, but I don't know. I think that, um, I think I'd probably go with listening. I think I'd probably go with podcast. How about taco or hamburger? Oh, taco. hundred <laughs> percent. Where's the greatest taco in the world? Um, mine, my tacos are the best in the world. No, no, no. my wife's are. I'm sorry. I gotta, oh, I gotta really. Well, we'll have to battle that out. That's what we need to do is we have, we need to have a taco cook off Tim, <laughs> and we'll see. So we're still waiting. My cousin, Rich, who normally listens in, uh, uh, he married my oldest cousin, Cindy. And like him, everybody says to him and I need to have a rib cook off because we both do ribs very well. Really? That'd be so fun. I think that when social distancing kind of gets over with, I think that we should all do stuff like that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So coffee or tea? Coffee. Ah, beer yep. or wine? Both. Both. <laughs> no, probably. Um, I love wine, but um, I think that there's always a place for beer too. So, yep. you know. So, because I know you've been on both East Coast or West Coast. Oh, um, West Coast for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you can't beat the weather out here. I think I, uh, I like the, there are certain things I like about the East Coast, but nothing about the East Coast between November and March. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I, you can't catch me even close to it in the wintertime anymore, ever again. No, I mean, I loved visiting. I, I you know, I, I haven't been there in probably 25, 30, almost 30 years was visiting like, you know, uh, Cape Cod. Mm, yeah. Love it. Beautiful. Uh, but like, you know, you've got to go in summertime. You don't oh. go there in the wintertime. I know. I, you know, I was talking to my daughter who's graduating high school and she was thinking of, of going to the East coast or new England for college. And I was like, really, then you need to plan your college visit in February. And then you can get back to me on that because yeah. <laughs> here in Los Angeles with this weather, yeah. I'm like, I just don't, I don't, I, I can't even imagine ever being back there for that. All right. So my last last two here, this one here can create a few wars. Okay. If you have it right now, some people don't have this and are fighting to find it. Toilet paper under or over. Oh, uh, you got to go over. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And people, and it's interesting because when you go under, I always, or when I go places and I, and I see it under, it makes me crazy because then I'm like, you know, then you just got to find it. I mean, you know, like roll it and find it. It's so much easier. Over, for sure. So I had, I had uh, Cammie Baker from New England. All right. I had her on, I think, last week. And Cammie says, like, you know, I'm single. If I start dating a guy, if I have to change it to over three times, I'm breaking up with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's not meant for me. Standard. I'm with that. I love Cammie, that. Cammie, my, Cammie, that, in the quote book, Cammie will make the most famous quote. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So my last one. Boxers or briefs? So um, obviously I don't wear them, but um, <laughs> my but my husband 
you know, I'll go with like the, the in-between, you know, the whole, whatever they are, the boxer briefs, like those things. Your husband's um, in the background taking notes as to which one he, sure. you want him to wear. That's why I asked the question. I figured he's listening. All right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The ones that he wears, I'm good with. <laughs> so thanks so much, Tim, for having me on today. This has been so much fun. What a way to wake up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I knew, no, it is a little bit early for you guys out there in the West Coast. But yeah, I start my day at 10 a.m. So here. Yes. Yeah, so that's typically when I like to start mine, although you had me start an hour earlier than that on the West Coast. So, but it was great. It was so good. So thank you so much. Well, I thank you for being on the show. It has been fun having you uh, and getting to know you on the show and uh, appreciate it. All right. You know what I mean? By all means, share this out with your audience and let them know that, you know what I mean? Tim can pick on you very well on camera. <laughs> I will. First thing I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. All right, guys, it's another Tim Gillette Show. I thank you guys for tuning in and watching. All right, please subscribe to our channels. We're on iTunes now, as well as Anchor FM on YouTube, all right, and Facebook. That's our main areas. But, hey, share this out with your friends and let them know that you like the broadcast and come back and see us next time. I'm Tim Gillette. Until next time, I'll see you later. Bye.